you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, back closing out another week with my friend, buddy, pal, Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how's it going? Hey, friend, buddy, pal. I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Not too bad. We uh, we are through another week. For you guys listening now, later on today, the Dodgers will be having their first official team workout in the spring training 2.0 slash summer camp. Uh, whatever you want to call it. So that's exciting. Yeah, or team workouts since they can't all be together at once. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, at some point today, everybody will work out. All right, uh, today we are going to talk about a signing the Dodgers made and then just get into a few things, a little thing with the Phillies and then uh, get into a couple some storylines that we're looking for in this summer camp. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play a podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, so the Dodgers made a signing, added a player to their player pool. It's a minor league deal for A.J. Ramos. Uh, he was added to the 60-man player pool. Minor league deal, like I said, he hasn't pitched since 2018. Jeff, have you done any research on A.J. Ramos? He is a right-handed reliever, by the way. Yeah, and A.J. Ramos, I uh, I didn't even have to do much research because I remember him well, uh, mostly from when he started a brawl against the Dodgers by hitting Brett Eibner with a pitch because Don Mattingly was grumpy about Corey Seager swinging on a 3-0 pitch with a 5-0 lead. Uh, that Ramos hitting Eibner uh, at the time, I tweeted, when Ramos intentionally hit Eibner, you have to think Stripling's first thought was, oh crap, Stanton's up first next inning. Uh, <laughs> because Stanton was up first the next inning, and Ross Stripling, being a good little boy he is, threw the pitch behind Stanton, and uh, the bench is cleared. And so that's my main memory of A.J. Ramos, but... A.J. Ramos was really, really good for a while, uh, from 2000, really 2013 to 2016 with the with the Marlins. He was outstanding. All-star in 2016. Yeah, all-star in 2016. And then they traded him to the Mets uh, midway through, at the trade deadline, basically, in 2017. And it was kind of downhill from then with injuries and, you know, poor performance. Uh, but... You know, with the Dodgers' track record of getting pitchers back on track, uh, you have to like, and Ramos, he's almost 34, he'll be 34 in September, you have to like their chances of getting him back to something close to his all-star form, and if they can do that, just adds to what's already a really deep bullpen. He had shoulder issues, which is kind of what got him, that's why he hasn't pitched since 2018, had shoulder surgery. Uh, but he's been working out at the Cressy Sports Performance in Florida where we found out that players were going and uh, working out and actually having a couple pickup games. 
which we can maybe touch on a little bit later if we have time. But yeah, uh, he put out a video uh, with the comeback season hashtag. He was throwing 93-95 range and hitting his off speed as well. So, you know, it's a buy low thing for the Dodgers, but uh, we've seen that, that work out for them in the past. And, and maybe this can be a guy that... Uh, at the very least, his depth, but at you know, at at the very, at the most, he could be a, a key part of a bullpen. Yeah, when he was an All Star in 2006, his fastball average velocity was 93 miles an hour, and in what we saw of his bullpens, he's topping that right now. He he hit 94 in his bullpen, um, and and so, you know, it it is hard to come back from a shoulder injury, but it seems like physically, at least. He's roughly back, and so the question is if he can regain the command and all those other things. It's not just velocity, especially if you throw 93. It's not just velocity that's making you an all-star. But uh, if if he can, if the Dodgers can help him regain his form, that would be pretty awesome. All right, Jeff. So the Phillies uh, had some issues, I guess you could say. They had four transactions put into MLB's public database. Tommy Hunter, Scott Kingery, Hector Neris, our friend Hector Neris, and Ranger Suarez were all placed on the injured list without a specific injury, which prompted, obviously, speculation and maybe a little confusion on on people's ends. Uh, you would think, you know, the speculation was that those guys were tested positive for, for COVID. We're not entirely sure. But I know you had some thoughts just kind of on this in general and, and maybe, you know, as we move forward, how this is going to be handled. Yeah, Matt Gelb wrote a really good article for The Athletic about this whole thing. And the Phillies all but confirmed that that's what happened, that these four guys are four of the ones who tested positive for COVID. Basically, they were pretty upset that MLB had kind of botched it and put those names, those transactions in. But the fact is, they were going to have their first workout today anyway, and uh, all four of them are spo- are expected to be on the 30-man active roster to start the season, and so not having them there would have stood out like a sore thumb anyway. And that's, you know, it goes back to what we talked about the other day. HIPAA rules and all that, I understand you can't say this guy has COVID or tested positive for COVID or is on the COVID IL or whatever, but it's not going to be hard to figure out. Hey, Scott Kingery, that guy who was our top prospect and we signed him to an extension very early in his career, I noticed that he's not playing and isn't anywhere to be found. I wonder what's going on. You know, it's not going to be hard for people to figure out a lot of the time, uh, but these guys are all big names. I'm always surprised to hear Tommy Hunter's name just because I always used to get him and Tommy Hansen mixed up, and Tommy Hansen is the one who died five years or so ago, and so I'm it's kind of like Mariah Carey and, and Whitney Houston. I always got them mixed up, so I'm always surprised to find out that Mariah Carey's alive. Uh, same with Tommy, which one? Hunter? Um, anyway, but yeah, it, it's going to be a really weird and delicate thing for them to, to balance uh, not being allowed to say that they are on the COVID IL and yet everyone knowing. Um, it's almost like the the people who who officially know are the only ones who aren't allowed to talk about it sometimes. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to see it with with all the teams. All 30 teams are going to have issues like, like said, We're all going to know, but and, uh, we're uh, not really supposed to know. It's going to happen with the Dodgers, too. Out, either way, uh, we have a little time. So the, at the Cressy Sports Performance, another article that Rosenthal came out with, or 
think it was Rosenthal. But how the, there's a bunch of players working out there, supposedly. Brick Garoli. Okay. Supposedly distancing, social distancing, but then they actually got to play some pickup games with a few modified rules that they made. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, John Carlos Stanton, some of the big names that were there. Jeff, what do you think about this? Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. You know, it's one of those things where you just kind of wish you knew that was going on and just hopped on down. I'm just going to head down, down to the Cressy place and watch a bunch of all-stars play a pickup game of baseball. It reminded me of, like you see the pictures of Willie Mays back in the 50s playing stickball in the streets of, of New York City on his way to the stadium to play a real game for the Giants. You know, it's like just grown men playing a kid's version of the game that they play for a living. Yeah, yeah, and they were playing at, I guess, a high school, so imagine if you had stumbled across the high school and you see a bunch of major leaguers playing. It would have been pretty cool. Trevor Bauer, we thought, was going to do something similar early when this all kind of started, but it ended up being a wiffle ball game that wasn't quite what he what it was promoted as, but uh, either way, you know, it's kind of in- interesting and crazy how it never really came out till now. Uh, one of the funny things in the article is that one of the players did post something about it, but I guess they joked with him that he wasn't well known enough because it didn't really, no one really saw it or noticed. So. Yeah, I'd love to see some of these players in the off season playing some of these games that we played as kids. You know, go play over the line, you know, or or whatever. You know, a pickup game where you you have to hit to the opposite field because you don't have enough fielders or whatever. Um, I, I think over line between Stanton and Judge and Bellinger and Vladdy and all those guys would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it has to be on a big grassy knoll or something because you can't have any fences. They would clear those pretty easy. Yep. All right, let's talk about Postmates. Postmates is probably some people's best friends in these times. Uh, restaurants are starting to close again, at least in California and maybe in some other areas. So you got to go back to takeout or delivery and why not use Postmates to do that? Uh, but not just restaurants, you know, they can go to the store for you. They can go to the gas station and get you burritos like Jeff likes, or they can do pretty much anything you want. They can go pick it up uh, as long as, you know, the stores are open and they're able to handle it. So make sure to download the Postmates app. If you use the code locked on, you get a hundred dollars of free delivery and that's really all it is to it. You know, you download Postmates, use the code locked on, get a hundred dollars of free delivery, start ordering things and get it straight to you without having to leave your house and keep it locked on Dodgers. Okay, let's get into our obscure former Dodger. I searched for 1997 Dodgers just randomly. I uh, tried to pick out a name that I hadn't seen before. And that guy today is Rick Gorecki. Rick Gorecki was drafted by the Dodgers in 1991 in the 19th round. Out of high school, made his debut in 1997 with the Dodgers. He pitched in four games that year, had a 15 ERA. Uh, had a couple games finished, so, so maybe it's just some mop-up time. Uh, but then the next year, he was taken in the expansion draft by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. He pitched in three games for them, three starts. Uh, was not terrible, I guess, for 1998. Had a 486 ERA. Uh, but never pitched again in the majors. He doesn't have much on his Wikipedia page, uh, but I did find an article 
about him and this guy was a stud in high school he in his senior year he was 12 and 0 with a 0. 0.20 era 161 strikeouts in 69 and two-thirds innings including 22 strikeouts in one game and he also pitched three no hitters so uh wow. yeah so uh, a definite stud uh, in high school and not as much in the major leagues, but hey, he made the major leagues and he's now an obscure former Dodger. So you know what? What other honor could he ever want? Yeah, yeah, that's about as good as you can hope to get. Uh, it's interesting. For as good as he was in high school, he wasn't drafted till the 19th round out of high school. Um, which you know, I, I don't know if that was if he was a signability thing or if he was his high school competition wasn't considered to be that good. Um, but yeah, and a lot of times guys drafted 19th round out of high school end up going to college. But apparently he was not interested in college. And uh, yeah, said six, he uh, could have went to Northwestern, but he decided to sign. Six foot three, hundred and sixty-seven pounds. That is rail thin. Like I'm six foot three, and I think my skeleton weighs about two twenty. <laughs> I think I would have to literally amputate to get down to one sixty-seven. That's just how it is, you know. All right, let's get into some for, or current Dodger talk. Um, Jeff, so you got to listen to the new Off-Air with Joe Noro and Dave Roberts is a weekly guest on there, and he had some interesting things to say. Uh, am I right? Yeah, there was a lot of interesting, like, it, it's always fun when Joe Noro talked to, to Roberts, but this time there was actual news because this time instead of talking to Roberts from his home, they were talking to him from his office at Dodger Stadium, uh, I think they recorded it on Wednesday afternoon or late morning. Uh, the first day they were all back. And uh, a few interesting things. He he was talking about, uh, talked about the DH again, mentioned uh, basically that they're going to use it as a way to give guys days off. Again, JT was like the only person he mentioned by name. Uh, but what he said was JT is maybe the most on board with it, but they also like having JT on defense and JT likes playing defense, but yeah, I think they're all aware of JT's age and, and uh, maybe need for days off once in a while. Uh, But he also mentioned JT specifically, they were talking about the extra inning rule uh, and uh, starting with a runner on second base. And Roberts basically said, no offense to JT, but if he's the third out of the ninth inning, uh, knowing that we're going to have eight more spots before his spot in the lineup comes up. Yeah, we're going to pinch run for him. He said, most of the time you don't want to take a guy like JT out of the lineup, but uh, in that situation, we're going to pinch run for JT with somebody with who is a little bit faster. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and they even mentioned Terrence Gore as a possibility. Roberts almost sounded like he uh, wasn't part of the decision to not put Gore on the 60-man list, um, but he kind of mentioned him as a possibility if if they need that. He, I think he said he's a guy who would be e- it would be easy to get if we need to. Um, but then the most interesting thing to me, I thought, they were talking about the pitchers, and he mentioned of the starting pitchers, he said Kershaw and Stripling and Alex Wood are all stretched out. He said Kershaw was throwing a four-inning four bullpen uh, that day, and it basically said those three guys are stretched out and he expects them to be mostly ready, opening day ready by the time opening day rolls around. But he said David Price, Julio, 
and uh, Walker Bueller are not, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what is different uh, in them if they've just been doing different training regimens. Um, but he and he he didn't say it critically at all. He he said you know just finding out where everybody is and recognizing the first couple weeks of the season that's going to be a factor. Some guys are going to be more stretched out than others. But I thought that was really interesting that that they're not all kind of in the same place physically right now. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure if, if that was by design or maybe they kind of let the guys decide. I know Kershaw was on uh, Ross Stripling's podcast, The Big Swing, last week. And he said that he, once he kind of heard July, you know, 4th of July as as kind of a, a some kind of starting point that he started to ramp up again. So, he, you know, if it would have been delayed anymore, uh, he might have, you know, had to kind of, it would have been in a weird spot for him. But, yeah, he's been ramping up, you know, Ross Stripling. I feel like he's a guy that can ramp up easily just because he's so, you know, he's used to, to throwing different ways. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Um, I You know, I don't know if, I don't think that means Stripling. Maybe he gets a start early on or, you know, maybe he, he becomes a piggyback guy uh, with, the, you know, Price or Julio only able to go two or three innings at first. So we'll see what they do there. But, yeah, that's interesting and, you know, segues into just kind of some things we're looking for or looking toward uh, in this summer camp to kind of see and, 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 you know, prepare for the new season. So, you know, t- touching on Julio, uh, you told me before that uh, Dave Roberts had said, or you know, Dave Roberts had said that Julio lost a lot of weight and also has blonde hair now. Uh, what we weren't sure was is that's more weight than he already had lost. He had already dropped about fifteen to twenty pounds or more in the off season. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's even more than that or just you know on top of or normal of what he already was at. But yeah, he's going to be, I think, a big one for this season. I think the the young pitchers are going to be the biggest one. We talked about it a little the other day, but, you know, with the short season, 60 games, there's really going to be no caps. You know, these guys are going to be able to throw as many innings as they possibly can or, or possibly needed for. Uh, so I think the young arms are going to be, you know, very needed and and as we saw last year you know Dustin May and Julio both took on big innings in the postseason even if they weren't starting and you know with with Bueller and Price and Kershaw and uh, you know even Alex Wood they may not need them those guys those young guys to start and they can get the innings in in the bullpen for the playoffs so I think watching these young pitchers and what how they kind of handle it and how they go about it is going to be one of the more interesting parts of not only summer camp but the entire season. Yeah, for sure. That was actually another thing that that they talked about on Joe and Earl's show. Uh, they asked Roberts, basically, with a shorter season, does that mean you guys don't really have to take it easy with guys like Julio and, and May and Gonsolin? And Roberts said, yeah, that's what that means. We can use those guys however we need to because there's not enough games for them to get overworked. So that's pretty awesome. One of the things I'm uh, I, I'm keeping an eye on is Cody Bellinger. Uh, just he, he's been so up and down in his career and even his down in 2018, he hit 25 home runs and played excellent defense and was a really valuable player. Uh, but I'm really interested to see, and I don't know how much indication we're going to get during summer camp because it's going to be intra-squad games. I don't know if any of those will be televised or not. Uh, you know, I don't know how much we will get to see. But I'm, I'm excited whether it's in summer camp or in the first couple of weeks of the actual season 
to see which version of Cody Bellinger is showing up. If it's MVP Cody Bellinger, um, or if it's you know less less lofty but still extremely valuable Cody Bellinger, it, it's kind of nice knowing that his not his floor. Obviously, he could be worse, but the floor that we've seen in the big league so far is you know solid solid regular borderline all-star <laughs> caliber player. Um, that's pretty awesome because with his speed, his defense, you know, he's going to be a very valuable player, even if he doesn't hit like 2019, but I sure would love to see the 2019 Cody belly, Cody Bellinger back on offense. I don't know if nah, it's the same for Mookie Betts. You know, he had a little bit of a down year last year and that's still his down year was still a lot better than most guys years, which is, you know, I think why when people talk about the Dodgers and we talk about the Dodgers and, and you know, why they're consistently one of the number one teams or number, you know, top three teams, at least in most people's power rankings or, or rankings before the season, because a lot of these guys are, do have, you know, high floors higher than most. So even if everyone plays down to that floor, you know, they're still going to be a competitive team. Uh, you know, maybe not world beaters like, like last year, but uh, they're still going to be a, a pretty good team. Yeah. And I think, the other part for the other storyline I'm kind of looking at it, or maybe not even a storyline, just kind of monitoring is catcher position. You know, you got Will Smith and Austin Barnes, but behind that, we talked about this the other day, you got Rocky Gale, who's, you know, just a, a journeyman backup catcher. And then you got Kbert and, and Diego Cartaya, who Kbert may be ready to play this year if, if needed be, if need be, but uh, Diego is only 18 or 19. So he's, you know, he's not, they could play him if they really needed, but he's not a guy to look after. So, you know, Will Smith, sophomore slumps are a thing, a myth, or, you know, but it does happen sometimes. Pitch More pitchers figure out, you know, we saw Smith struggle a little bit more uh, later in the year after a hot start. So, you know, that's something to, to watch out for. If Austin Barnes, you know, goes back and, and remains how he's been the last couple years, you know, that that's becomes a weak spot for the Dodgers and they have a way more than enough talent to make up for it in the lineup around that. Uh, but it does, you know, make it kind of the spot to look at. And, you know, we've talked about Russell Martin a little bit and, you know, that's not a really a solution. Uh, but, you know, you got to imagine that they're still maybe contemplating bringing him in just to have a little bit of insurance in case one or, one or two, or if case Barnes and or Smith kind of struggle a lot early on. Yeah, one thing that's promising to me about Smith, you know, it's kind of the the narrative that he hit a wall last season and and just struggled the last month or so of the season and the postseason. Uh, but actually, his last six games of the regular season, he had a 12.57 OPS. He was awesome. So really, it was just a two-week period at the beginning of September, the first half of September, that he really struggled, like really, really struggled. Um, and then in the one postseason series. I think if he had hit better in the postseason, people wouldn't think of it, wouldn't lump it together because his bad postseason and his bad first half of September kind of overshadowed the good end of September. Um, but it's, I think it's important to remember that the postseason was only five games and it was a lot of Scherzer and Strasburg pitching. And so a lot of hitters are going to struggle in a five-game series like that. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful about Smith. My last thing I'm interested in looking at is just the young guys and which which young guys try to force their way onto that 30-man roster that we have for the first two weeks of the season, um, because there are a couple open spots. You know, the 
going to 30, you, you figure Matt Beatty is assured of his spot, which wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, Edwin Rios has a good shot, but I, I'm thinking guys like guys who haven't even hit the big leagues yet. Zach McKinstry, DJ Peters, uh, even even Cody Thomas, who was setting the world on fire in spring training part one. Um, you know, which ones of those guys are really going to impress in the next couple of weeks in summer camp and try to force their way onto that 30 man roster. And maybe, maybe none of them get to, maybe they just, just go pitcher heavy. Um, but there's enough young bats that are going to be getting some, some time in inter-squad games the next couple of weeks that, uh, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Always going to be kind of the thing we look for every year with the Dodgers is which young guy's going to step up or which, you know, un a, a lesser known guy is going to step up. You know, Cody Thomas maybe filling more of that role, and Zach McKinstry and, and Peters and some of those other guys maybe filling the youngster role. But yeah, you know, with limited time, uh, you know, spring training, they're not really going to play games. They, they're going to, you know, play a lot of inter squad and stuff. So it, it's basically going to be a little bit hard for some of these guys to maybe, you know, showcase and, and crack a, a, a top 30 just based on who the Dodgers have right now and what we kind of know. Uh, but you know, as we've seen and as we'll probably continue to see uh, the COVID results and injuries or may be able to open up some doors for some of these guys. And, uh, you know, maybe one catches fire and, and in a 60 game season, you know, that's really all you need, especially if you don't start off early on. Maybe you get into it 20 games into the season. You got a 40-game stretch where you can be on fire and write that maybe into, you know, a postseason spot. So, yeah, the young guys and, and, and different talent that they have that's not already been established is going to be, you know, always something to look out for, but especially in this year and in this type of season. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully they won't need to be called upon to play a big role, but with COVID and just regular baseball injury potential who knows and the Dodgers depth could really really come into play yep uh all right Jeff you got anything else uh before we go into the weekend I know you know we'll we'll be back Monday to talk about what happened over the weekend but anything before we go into it yeah no it's kind of exciting to on Monday we'll be back to having not quite real baseball to talk about but at least stuff happening you know these last couple days have been good guys reporting but uh, by the time we talk again, guys will have actually had workouts and will be getting reports. We'll maybe have a better idea uh, who has tested positive for COVID. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. I'm excited and hopeful that we're going to have uh, a season. Yeah, remain hopeful and we'll see where it goes and we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, another week down for us and another week closer to hopefully a baseball season. A reminder to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple as well, or preferred if possible, rate and review on there, preferred if possible. Tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word, uh, get people excited for the season. You know, we're, we're here to help do that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you ever want to reach us, you can call and leave a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-LOCK-5625 or shoot us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcasts, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.
And have a happy and safe 4th of July, and we will I talk to you on Monday. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard, all hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.